Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Steph. And this is I Don't Be a Levite. <laughs> so giddy today okay 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 this is pre-drinks guys oh yeah oh i should have um let's start with this one this is super cute look at it oh my god i love that this is polly's rosebud india pale ale 5.9 percent and it is citra galaxy mosaic and simcoe do we know that one uh we had that last time north wales it's nice. Mm. To be expected, they're the hops we like. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. A little bitter, but nice. Yeah. Mm. Rosebud. Pop it's not polys. too thick either, no. if that makes sense. Mm-mm. Very good. Yes. Very nice. Now. Yes. The Wendigo. <laughs> We're going to talk about one of the cryptids in America. I'm excited about this. So it is an Algonquian legend. Oh, is that a tribe or something? It's. We're going to go in. Oh, well. okay. I will explain. Okay. So, what is Algonquian? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tribe of Native Americans as okay. much as it's like a group or area where different Native American tribes spoke the same language. So, like, a bunch of tribes in the north spoke Algonquian okay, languages. Okay, right. These peoples were spread vastly across Van- uh, Vanada. <laughs> vastly across Vanada. I called Canada Canada yesterday, mm. or the day before. And not even it was in the last few days. Ironically, no, it was by accident. <laughs> they spread. They were spread vastly across Canada, uh, with some across the more northern parts of what we now know as the United States, mm-hmm. based vastly across the Atlantic coast and along Saint Lawrence River and the Great Lakes. And they lived by hunting, fishing, cultivating beans, corn, and squash. Corn. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes! <laughs> now, the Wampanoag of Massachusetts from oh, the Bridgewater we Triangle. We know about these guys, yeah. Uh, they were one of the many tribes who broke. Uh, they were one of the many tribes who spoke Algonquian. Oh, so okay. they will have potentially spoken of or even come across the Wendigo. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I messaged you and I was like, Did you speak of the Wendigo in the Bridgewater <laughs> Triangle? Because I can't remember. You're like, No, oh my god, did I mess up? No, you did not, because <laughs> now I can go into it. I love it, I love it, I love it. My only knowledge of, of the Wendigo comes from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So. There's actually quite a lot of references in, in pop culture, oh. like in Supernatural, oh, right. um, there was a film, um, but the most modern depictions aren't true to the I'm legend. Sure. yeah, yeah. Um, so, what does it translate to? There's... A bit of speculation surrounding this. Some say it translates to owl or cannibal, but seemingly the most likely would be the ween dio, uh, which translates to, translates to solely for self. Oh, okay. Mm. Interesting. So it originates... So the, the first known writings of it is in the 1600s. Mm. So it's, it's been quite a few mm. quite a few centuries. Yeah. Um, people have been talking about it. Um, and like I say, the, the, the version nowadays is nothing like the original. Mm-hmm. Now, the most popular telling of the fable goes something like this. And I wrote this myself. Okay. 
Beware the Wendigo! <laughs> so once, long ago, there was a group of tribesmen who went out to hunt and only one returned. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had one of those musical things. I know. What, a keyboard? Soundboards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> those musical things. <laughs> what, keyboard? <laughs> Shut up. You can do that on a keyboard. Yeah. Anyway. Gosh. So back during early civilization, before the Europeans and the English had ventured that far to the northern western world um native americans thrived now in the lead up to winter for generations they knew that they'd need to stock up on food and resources to survive the bitter cold of most northern parts of america now one night a hunting party left one of the many algo oh sorry again algonquin that's not right (laughs) that's all right one night a hunting party left one of the many algonquian tribes in search of enough food to keep the tribe fed during the most desolate months Mm. of the year Mm. They left, equipped with the tools that they need to capture, kill, and transport their prey back home, whilst also having what they need to eat while they're away. Now, one night, early on their expedition, there was an unforgiving storm that forced the party into a small cave to seek shelter until the blizzard had passed. In search of safety and survival, instead, they found their demise. Oh, no. Oh, Sheebs is interested. I know, I know. It's all very, very something. Anyway... (laughs) Wow. Okay, yeah. Riveting. Very something. (laughs) So the storm was so strong that they found themselves trapped. No way of escape and nothing to do other than sitting, huddling together for warmth and hoping there would either be a search party for them or that they'd survive long enough for the snow to melt so they could make their way home and see their loved ones once more. Let's hope so. Indeed. Days passed, then weeks. Oh, no. Starving, cold, and barely clinging to their lives, their strength, and their sanity, a foreboding atmosphere overcame the group. Not foreboding. <sighs> foreboding, indeed. <clears throat> Madness had taken hold of one of the members. Oh, shit. Yes. Desperation, selfishness, greed, and <gasps> hunger overwhelms him, and he is driven to murder and cannibalism. <gasps> the Wendigo was born! <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. <laughs> With every person he consumes, the quicker and the more powerful he gets in his quest for more human flesh. Oh my days. Despite his appearance, he's strong and he is a strong and formidable foe. Mm. Now the Wendigo shown in current pop culture, as I said, tends to be a large, white, greyish creature with yeah. deer antlers and a monstrous face, sometimes a cross between uh, a deer and werewolf almost, and sometimes with a face that's mostly deer-like. Now in Native American folklore... Uh, it was depicted as either a spirit who have possessed the greedy and selfish and turned them into a beast, or it was a monster that would infect others through biting them, kind of like a like zombie. Like a vampire or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but usually, uh, those who are greedy and selfish would be more, suscept- more susceptible to the Wendigo. Oh, makes sense. Now, the Wendigo is a frail-looking and ashen-coloured creature. Oh. His skin looks like tightly stretched over his bones because he's so Still like hungry yeah um and quite often like th- so there's no antlers it doesn't look like a beard yeah, i've never a, seen a, a, a deer or anything on. i didn't know about the antlers oh did you not no. I, I think the the there was a film i think 2012 or something like that or 2016 and there was antlers right um but yeah so it, it looks more like a, a man who's starving but his lips are, have been bitten and chewed off because he's so hungry. He's like eating his own lips. Ah, no, man. It's in it. It's so gross. Ugh. Yucky. 
Eventually, he leaves the bony remains of his once friends and heads home in the hope of rehabilitation in the arms of his family, praying that none of the tribe back home ever discover the grisly nature of his survival. Oh, I think they're going to have some questions when only you come back and you've got a sudden new taste for raw meat. Well, this is the thing. So at first he tries to disguise it. So he's made it, he's home, he can hear his family and friends in the distance. They spot him as he comes closer and he looks awful. Uh He's followed by an ungodly stench and he's clearly in desperate need for care, food and water. Taken in by his family, he can't eat what's in front of him. Mm -hmm. He tries, but he can't. His wife and children worry for him. While all he can concern himself with is how long he'll be able to refrain from his insatiable need to consume them. I knew it. Considering his name translates to solely for self, you can imagine Uh it didn't take long. Mm -hmm. In no time, his kin were gone. Despite his stench being a warning to victims, his strength and speed made it impossible for his prey to escape. He could lure his victims into the woods using mimicry to trick them into thinking a loved one was in danger. (gasps) You dick. I know, he is a a proper dick. Um, And with every victim he succeeded, he became stronger. But after his tribesmen were gone, he was left alone to one day in desperate search of more people to sustain him. So that's my little story. That was cute. I liked research. it. Well done. Good job. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's it. I'm joking. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> so that's the Wendigo Toodles. I'm going to drink. <laughs> so ultimately, the person is driven to the Wendigo. Uh, and in some adaptations of the legend, the victim would have night terrors of the Wendigo, which foretells their fate. Uh-huh. Um, so either the, the person who turns into the Wendigo would have dreams of it mm. and the person who would end up being eaten by the wendigo Oof. well so, i guess at least you get forewarned yeah i suppose mm. but then because the the wendigo can um see what you're going to do before you before you do it mm-hmm. so if you manage to run away mm-hmm. and hide somewhere he already knows where you're going <sighs> so like he's a oh, so it's like in films where you can see sometimes that people are running but the p- p- the pursuer can like see through their eyes almost so they can see where they are and find them is it like that no, I thought no. I'm pretty sure, from what I understand, it was like, so this person's running, and the Wendigo can see that there's going to be a cave, and the person's going to end up in the cave before the person knows that's where uh, they're going. Ah, right, okay. So it's not like a real time thing. It's a forward it's like a forward looking, looking, yeah. Yeah, okay. Seeing in the future. Don't know why that matters, but yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now we all understand. Yeah. You're answering questions for the people, or asking <laughs> questions for the people. You know what I mean? I do. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I scoured the internet to try and find someone who claims to have had contact with or seen a Wendigo. Of course, Reddit has the answer. I love Reddit. I know, right? (laughs) So, I have a story from user B4C0NB34TD0WN, which is Bacon Beatdown. Oh, I was going to say catchy, but that's what it kind of is. What would you even do if you came across a Wendigo? Well, by the sounds of it, there's not really much you can do. Yeah, that's true. You're going to be fucked. Yeah. But this guy survived, so... Mm. Yeah. Mm. So oh, yeah, we of course, because he's writing on Reddit. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he managed to write on Reddit. There, the, I was When I was doing my research, I looked on YouTube, um, and I did watch a YouTube video, a guy called John Solo. Yeah, John Solo. Shout out to John Solo. Um... He did a, a thing on, on Wendigos and, like, read another story or a portion of another story. And then, like, other than that, it was all just, like, hour-long videos where it's, like, real sightings of the Wendigo and all, like, animated pictures and mm. stuff of the Wendigo. And I'm, like, 
It's not though, is it? It's going to be like, you know, those, those like videos that come up on social media and it's like, the last one will shock you and you watch it and it's like really not shocking. This is why I don't watch things that people send me. Yeah. I will only ever send you things that are worthwhile watching. Yes. User Bacon Beatdown has said, quote, I've been debating on sharing this story with anyone outside of my small circle of people that were there, but I want to share my experience in hopes that it saves someone's life or give understanding of what someone else has experienced. Late fall 2010. In northern Canada, I went deep into the wilderness with my father and my eldest brother, Tamphamoose. We left in the early morning, just before sunrise, trying to cover as much distance as possible before nightfall. We travelled winding rivers and had to repeatedly portage over rapids all day. We decided to set up camp just over halfway to our destination. My father figured that we'd make the... Me- <laughs> That's okay. You're doing it. My father figured we made... <laughs> You're not doing it. I'm not doing I it. I had too much pr- um, Get faith in you then. Yeah, you did. I yeah. can't speak. Put too much pressure on me. Okay. God, Stephanie Farr. My father figured that we'd make the rest of the journey tomorrow. Well, when everyone had bedded down for the night, I decided to go grab some firewood and relieve myself by the bank of the river, just out of reach of the light from the campfire. Out from the tree line, about 15 yards away, I could hear rustling in the bushes. I watched the area where I heard the noise and focused on that spot. I felt kind of funny, dizzy slash lightheaded, and I could smell this putrid stink, like old milk or rotten food. Then I saw the trees start to morph and move ever so slightly and began to take the shape of a head and slight facial features. Oh my god, you'd absolutely shit a break. In it. So my eyes began to adjust to the darkness, and along the tree line I could hear this voice coming from there. I recognised it. The voice sounded like one of my relatives who had recently passed. Oh, no. The face took shape of my relative. Hello, they said. I've missed you. Come see me. Oh, get away. In it. I smiled and stepped forward a bit, but stopped to analyse the situation. My relative's face stopped smiling and became, became emotionless. The skin began to turn pale and peel away. No. Chunks of flesh from their cheeks began to fall away and I felt shock and fear overwhelm my body. I couldn't make sense of it all, so I started to back away and make my way to camp. I didn't realise at the time that I had been walking towards the voice and I was further away from the firelight. The voice became angry and began to shout at me to come here, so I started to turn and run away, but as I looked back one more time I saw the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It was rotting flesh on gnawed bone, caved in eyes and hollow chest cavity. This humanoid creature was tall and super thin. I ran as fast as I could, trying to yell for help, but the fear had made my voice go quiet and raspy. I ran along the riverbank and could hear the heavy breaths and the stomping feet from this thing right behind me. I know, right? (laughs) I love how squirmy you're getting. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) I made it to the top of the riverbank, but it grabbed hold of my leg as I jumped up. I gripped and tore the grass, trying to lift myself and yelled as loud as I could. Then finally my voice came back and I yelled that someone has my leg. My brother woke up and ran over to where I was and he pulled me up and took me over to the fire. I was terrified, trying to explain what I saw and that it looked like my relative, but it wasn't. I was trying to convince them that I wasn't seeing things, but my brother my brother nodded his head and said, I saw it too, I know. <gasps> right? That solidified it. He acknowledged that it was real. We stood up all night after that. Yeah. Rifles loaded and, clear, and close by. We packed up when the sun was coming up and went back home. We haven't shared that story with anyone out of fear of being labelled as crazy or liars. I've had nightmares and couldn't sleep for months afterwards. 
I would see things and dark figures looking into my window or hear whispers when I was walking home at night. Eventually, I was seeing this dark figure every day. Oh, God. I went to uh, medicine men slash shaman for help, but I've learned that the ceremonies only relieve it temporarily. Friends have given me everything from protection pouches to certain crystals. I found out that there's a strong possibility that I encountered a Wendigo. I learned that if you encounter one... I learned that if you encounter one and survive, it attaches itself to you like a parasite. Oh, no. I know, right? I really feel for this guy. I learned that it could only do this if it touches you, which it did. Oh, shit. Ever since that night, I've been on edge. When I enter any forest or wooded area, which sucks because I love being outdoors and hunting and in nature. Now, I always feel like I need to keep my back against something Mm. when I'm out in the wild. Anyways, make your own conclusions about this. I've paid a price for being an ignorant child to the stories of old. They are real. I can attest to that. Stay safe, to, stay safe, everyone. Oof. End quote. Now, there was a, a comment from uh, Wildest Notion 2020, and it reads, uh, two questions, if you don't mind. One, are you First Nations people? Mm. Secondly, what was your father's response to your close encounter? Mm, I was wondering that, yeah. Yeah. So he replied, first, I am First Nation. Uh, Ojibwe Chippewa... Sorry if I've got that wrong. Uh, And my father's response was very genuine. He didn't dismiss it at all. I asked him later in the future if he noticed anything strange that evening. And he told me, quote, the air smelled slash tasted stale, end quote. So that's that's his encounter of the Wendigo. Terrible, isn't it? Because like Mm. you, that's now with you. What the fuck do you do? How did you get rid of it? Exactly. How do you get rid of it? And... You know, you loved spending time outside and in nature and all that stuff, and now you, you so would much is never taken away from want you. to ever again. I would in never it. go into the woods again. In it, Ooh. so that that is his encounter. Wow, that was that really had me on the edge of my. Seat I know, though. I could tell you were like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like squirming. This is like this nowhere the same. But when I was walking on my own in the woods the other day, and I kept seeing shit, like I, I thought that um, branch was a snake. And then I thought I saw a clown face and a knot in the tree. And then yeah. I was like, no, that's silly. And then I, I saw a white thing and I thought it was a ghost. And I was like, no, ghosts don't wear bed sheets. That's wrong. Like, <laughs> I had to really like, talk myself out of it. If I had seen that, fuck me, I'd never go into the woods it again. It would send you into madness. Yeah, genuinely. Surely, like, genuinely. He's got so much strength to, to have... Because obviously this was like 10 years later that he's posted mm, it. God, More than. Yeah. So he's oh. managed to survive that long. And it's like, you'd want to go to therapy, right? But your therapist is not going to believe you, let's be honest. They'll just diagnose you with schizophrenia. Let's be honest. I feel for him. Yeah. Insert clever beer quip here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd like that. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I put that initially so I knew where to put it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there. Okay. So I got... I got this one second. Actually, it kind of fits. Are you alright? Just hit my fucking funny bone. Oh. <laughs> Go on. I decided to do this one second because it's a sour. Ah, okay. But it kind of fits with this, my reaction to your story just now because it's called, Oh Shit! Oh Shit! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's got a dinosaur on it. It's by Ar- Arundel Brewery. I think we've had them before. Yeah, the one with the um, Bigfoot on it. Oh, we right, had okay. that. We had that when we talked about the Bridgewater Triangle. Shut up. We did. Because you were talking, and I was like, how fucking weird is that? And I've just mentioned Bermuda Triangle, you've gone to the same brewery. That's so Not weird. Not Bridgewater, you know what I mean. Wow. That is so fucking weird, this keeps happening. Oh, shit! 
It says on the back, what would they have said that day? Keep your swear words to yourself when you're drinking this one. This modern sour beer has been aged on plums and raspberries, so expect a punch of sticky fruit crumble and a tart finish. A fruity end to the world as we know it. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's lovely and refreshing. I thought it was going to be super sour, but yeah, it's very, too, very nice, that. You quite often can get very sour raspberries and very yeah. sour plums. Yeah. So these are these have clearly been they've waited until they're actually soft, mm, soft, right. sweet. Oh, sweet! Very sweet. That's very very nice. That is. Mm, I'm that's glad really about nice. that because sometimes when we have a sour, I like a sour now, but mm. it often gives me heartburn. Yeah, it's like very acidic. That's just beautiful. That is. Yeah, really enjoy that. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I don't know why I shouted that at the glass. No. So, what's the lesson taught? The Wendigo serves as a lesson to remain conscious of the people around you. Mm. In the most difficult times in life, often you're not the only one suffering from the circumstances. Mm. So I can imagine it was quite common. And apparently it was quite common for if they went on hunting parties, if someone died, yeah. then you'd, you'd eat them. If it, if, if it was life or death, then you'd do that to survive. Right, so it was like, it was accepted, it was known, it was what happened. Yes, right. but only do it if you absolutely have to yeah. because... Um, it, it drives you to madness, basically. Yeah. Um, so. Oh yeah, I remember there used to be rumours that if you ate human flesh, you become you'd addicted go mad. to it. Yeah. You'd go mad. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, and plus, I can only imagine that the guilt and trauma of something yeah, like that yeah, happening yeah. is gonna is gonna stay with you, and it's gonna absolutely haunt you. So whether it's whether it was like a warning of, oh, the Wendigo is going to. Uh, come and get you if you have it and drive you insane or just the actual act of doing it mm. either way it's they're trying to warn you away from mm. madness however it comes yeah. about um now this brings me on to what's known as windigo psychosis oh yes okay it sounds which, interesting. which was an actual thing and it's still it's been sort of like what's the word debunked v- yeah that's the word you're gonna say vetoed yeah it's that would have worked. Thing. I would have got it. Debunked was better. Than, yeah, that's the word I was involved. Um, it's been debunked by normal, like actual <laughs> by science. Yeah, that one. <laughs> but the Wendigo psychosis is is basically like the madness you get when you eat a person. Yeah. Um. So it's the it's the fear of wanting to eat someone, but also the the strong desire to do so. Oh. Oh God, that sounds fucking awful. Imagine if you wanted to eat a person, and you would know that that's not right, exactly, and that's not normal. Yeah. How do you fucking deal with that? Because that is something you ain't gonna tell nobody. Exactly. Wow. So the most well-known case of Wendigo psychosis is that of Swift Runner. Swift Runner. Yeah. So that's like his um, Algonquian name or Cree name translated to English. Oh right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So. He was a chief in a small Cree tribe of Native Americans in the mid-late 1800s, uh-huh. who moved on to be a police scout in the late 1870s uh, for the Northwest Mounted Police as they were establishing their outposts in what is now Alberta. Mm-hmm. He was considered as a man of good character, mild and trustworthy. That is until he discovered whiskey. Oh no. Yes. See, whiskey's gross. Whiskey's the worst. So Swift Runner was a six foot three, very strong, and when drunk, very aggressive man mm. to come into contact with. Six foot three? Yeah. Oh no, thank you. That's no. very, very tall. That's a foot taller than me. That's that silliness, is. that. Yeah. You're not five three. I am. Oh and my god, that's hilarious. Okay. It's important. The half is important. It yeah. is because it puts me half an inch off the national average of women's height. Okay. <laughs> 
That's how you know you're short because you've Googled it. <laughs> me shut up that is how you know you're short when your doctor reassures and you remembered you. it oh. oh yeah he told me that when i was at school i thought that five seven was the women's average oh i don't know that's just what he told me a long long time ago oh well that was a long long time it could ago. be He'd different get taller. Yeah. yeah and i was born much much after you <laughs> love you okay <laughs> so uh, at the time whiskey was a bootleg substance and he'd trade guns to get a hold of it so I think from America he trade guns mm-hmm. with people to get his whiskey, um, so his fondness of the liquor drove the mounted police to send him back to his tribe, ending his career as a police scout oh. and tarnishing what was once his good name. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. That will. It, well, this will do. This will do. The eighteen hundreds of it all. That'll do it. In it. In it. Now once back with his tribe, a hunt was planned between himself, his family. Uh, sorry. Hunt was planned with himself and his family in the autumn of 1878. Now, Swift Runner, his wife, six children, and either his wife's brother or mother, or his brother or mother. Okay. It's disputed. Someone's brother or mother. Mm-hmm. They went to stuck up, uh, stock up for uh, the winter on game. In the spring of 1879, Swift Runner returned alone. Oh, dear. He had claimed that the brother and mother had head off separately to hunt alone after not finding much game between them all. Mm. His children had all starved and perished in the bitter cold of winter and his wife had shot herself following the deaths of her children. Oh, no. It wasn't unheard of for things like this to happen and people to die in the winter whilst on a hunt, but he didn't look like he had suffered a lack of game, though. Like, oh, he looked fine. no, his children. His children. Something didn't seem right. Now, some years prior, there was a smallpox epidemic that killed quite a few people and left quite a few or- orphans behind. Uh, so they had been taken in by missionaries. Swift Runner was all of a sudden very interested in them. Now, oh, if, Christ. If he has just lost his children, and his story was true, it's not that weird. No, no, but, he, but I see where yeah. this is going. So Yeah, that would have been nice, almost. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Let me fucking look after these. I've just lost mine. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. The weird part was him trying to convince them to let him take the orphans to his camp, where his whole family died, just to show them. The missionaries were always like, no. An adult no, no. never, ever, ever needs to show a child something that's no. not their child. Uh, no, exactly. Exactly. Never. So the missionaries were like, no, and concerned, they reported him to the Mounties. Oh, well done. Uh, which led to his arrest. He claimed the only way he managed to avoid the same fate of, as his family was by boiling and eating his moose skin teepee. Oh. Which sustained him. Um, but they weren't fucking buying it. So they ordered him to lead them to the winter camp so that they could inspect the corpses. Oh, God damn it. At first, he tries to lead them astray. Mm. And then the Mounties clocked on. They were like, something's not right here. Uh, so they basically drugged him with uh, tea boiled with plug tobacco, which they called truth serum. Uh-huh. Um, so it got him like really fucked up. And then he started being really talkative. Okay, I kind of get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I which can't... I think it's been... I love the Mounties. At first I was like... How did they? How did they get sodium benzoate, <laughs> whatever it's called, that pentaton, whatever? Um, Plug tobacco. Like, yeah, no, but I was thinking, how did they get the thing that's truth serum now there? But oh. the, they just got him high, and yeah. then he didn't care about lighting. Exactly. Yeah. That was smart. That yeah, was exactly. clever. Um, so, so he then became cooperative, uh, and he explained that due to the frozen earth, he couldn't bury his family. So he covered them with spruce bow, bows, bows, bow, bows. That one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spruce boughs, which they used to use as like for like on the floor to keep them warm yeah. in their teepees. 
Yeah, because it's evergreen and it's Bruce. Yeah, mm, exactly. Nice. Uh, so that would have made them susceptible to being eaten by wolves and bears because they weren't buried. They were just covered. Okay, that kind, that does make sense, to be yeah. fair. That does. Next I morning. Mean, I have absolutely no knowledge of this kind of environment, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. So the next morning, still under the influence, yeah. the Mounties are like, let's go. So he, he leads them to the winter camp. <laughs> This is where it gets real fucked up, though. Oh, no. So the first thing that stuck out like a sore thumb was his undamaged, neatly folded uh, moose skin teepee. Oh, babes. Yeah. Come on. They Nobody d- was believing that anyway. You've come back plump, and that is not a plumping <laughs> food. <laughs> plump. Plump. Plus, if you've eaten that, you must have eaten it a long time ago, right? So how did you not freeze? You made it through yeah. the whole winter eating your moose teepee, mm-hmm. did you? Just a little snaffle at a time. No, no, no. Shut up, man. <laughs> so uh, they didn't have to look much further than where the campsite was. His family's bones lay scattered all around, oh. clearly boiled, obvious human teeth marks and the oh, small chunks of flesh that no. remained on the bones. And the larger bones he had even split open and sucked the, the bone marrow, marrow out. Oh, God. Now, this was all around, like, the, the campfire. Mm-hmm. That's not even the worst part. So oh, Jesus. Eight human skulls were there. Eight? All, eight, right. We'll get to that. Okay. So eight human skulls were there, also clearly boiled. Some he had used a tomahawk to try and split them open to get to their brains. Oh, Jesus. The smallest one. No, not the babies. His infant daughter, he had shoved a half-finished piece of needlework through their eye socket. Why? And into the skull. No idea. Why though? Don't know. Uh, and in the campfire, there were remains of partially charred, partially rotten innards. Oh my god! An article. Those babies. I know. I I the hope person, it was quick for them. The person they trust most in the world. Yeah, and and for for a Native American, like as a chief or as a father of which he was both mm. their main like the, double their biggest yeah. instinct is to protect mm. so they've he's just completely turned away from everything he's ever known everything he was ever taught you, you, you've got to think there's got to be some sort of madness there isn't it because you don't just start eating your children exactly i don't know if it well who knows? I, how would you or maybe he's going to tell us yeah okay. yeah i'll save my questions for the end so an article written by major fred bagley uh the last the last of Canada's cannibals stated they found other things things so gruesome and nauseating that they are unfit to be recorded here oh god like what what is it <laughs> these days that would be recorded <laughs> exactly but that, I dread to think honestly oh, as long as it's nothing about the children I know that I know I know it's like in reality you know that it's horrible for the other people too but it's just the kids man the kid, when stuff happens to kids that just gets me in it innocent yeah so at this point Swift Brunner was like okay you got me I did eat my family <laughs> I got a little snacky. but they did die first and then I ate them all of them yeah they died first they died first and then he ate them um I said earlier about there being eight skulls mm. so he had six kids brother and mother and wife Right, so there's a skull missing. Oh. So the ninth corpse was about one and a half miles away, mm. that of his teenage son, who he graciously didn't eat. Oh, that was good of him. Uh, this He claims this to be because his son was the first to die, uh, and he wasn't starving at that point, so he had uh, no need to eat him. Okay. So I, I wonder if maybe he left him just to try and plead that case. 
Who knows? Oh, you think... Oh, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Now, obviously, when they got back to Saskatchewan... Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) He was interrogated at length. Yeah. Obviously. They brought back the skulls with them, but obviously buried everything else that was there. To try and be respectful. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, when he was asked to identify the different skulls that they had brought back with them, he wasn't sad, upset, remorseful. Oh, no. He literally, like, put his finger in in (gasps) one of the eye sockets and went, this is my wife. No! Mm-hmm. not get him out of In society it. immediately that man cannot be rehabilitated exactly he was laughing like it's a joke <gasps> now he was sentenced to death by hanging which was the first legal hanging in Alberta Canada oh interesting mm-hmm. wow now on the <laughs> 17th I thought you'd like that yeah I do actually because mm. imagine that like um, the first legal hanging in Alberta was that of Wendigo Madness Isn't that's it? a fascinating story yeah, that's a really cool story yeah. I thought you'd like that bit thank you <laughs> now, on the 17th of December, 1879, three days before his hanging, he confessed the happenings that day to Father Hippolyte Leduc in his native tongue and gave Leduc his permission to publish it. Oh, okay. It reads, quote, At length I left there all the bones and started with the last of my family. Snow began to melt, spring had commenced, ducks arrived and flew every day around us, and I could find enough to live upon. But I felt reluctant to see people. I then told my son that after some days we would meet people. They will know very soon that I am a murderer and they will certainly make me die. As to you, there is no fear. Say all you know, no harm will be done to you. One day I had killed many ducks. I was a few miles from Egg Lake where some relations of mine lived. I was sitting at my campfire when I told my son to go and fetch something five or six paces off. At that moment, the devil suddenly took possession of my soul. Mm. And in order to live longer, far from people, and to put out of the way my the only witness to my crimes, no. I seized my gun and killed the last of my children mm. and ate him as I did the others. Oh. End quote. Jesus. You've got ducks flying around. Exactly. You didn't need to eat him. Eat, you're not right. You can almost kind of buy, I needed the last person who knew my shame to be dead. Okay, it's still horrible, but you can almost kind of see a logic in that. You told your son no harm will come to yeah. you. And then you've got all these ducks flying around. You've just said that. You caught loads of ducks, but you still ate him. You wanted to. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was hanged on the 20th of December. His whereabouts of his remains is unknown. Oh. Now, in the in cult in their culture, should a Wendigo be discovered and killed, it was creed tradition to have the body dismembered and cremated to prevent the return of the Wendigo spirit. Yeah, good 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 idea. Some believe this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, some believe that he's in what is now a cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, and others believe that he was buried outside the fort. What fort this was? No idea. You would not want to live near that cemetery, just no, in wouldn't. case, would you? I don't want no fucking Wendigo popping in my house in the no. night and making me a cannibal. Now, his initial possession by the Wendigo didn't happen on that trip. Oh. Mm, that's a you buried the lead there, <laughs> didn't you? Okay. Many years prior, <laughs> he had gone on a hunting trip with a young lad who died of natural causes and he chose to eat him to <gasps> save his own life. Oh, so that's where the madness comes from. It's believed that that's what changed him, what turned him to alcoholism and eventually leading his family away to consume them. He suffered greatly with dreams of the Wendigo, which eventually maddened him. So did... Oh, sorry. So he led his family away on purpose so he could eat them? Seemingly. <gasps> Seemingly. Dick. Cause, but, Not so like it wasn't bad enough. I can't remember where it was, but there was an article by someone... Um, 
that stated that he must have had dried meat still when he killed his first family member. Right. Oh, like he hadn't run out of supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what's believed. Obviously, there's only so much that we know because it depends on... Because there was a couple of accounts. Like, he he made his confessions because he knew he was going to die anyway Mm. um, and told the truth. Uh, And he spoke to that father in his native tongue. Mm. And then there was someone else that he made a confession to. So there's some speculation on how far away he was from the from like his normal mm. uh, tribes people mm. um that there's a few things that are disputed mm-hmm. um but it could well be that he was driven mad by having eaten that kid in the first place the wendigo took hold then and he had tried to resist it for so long and maybe that's what turned him to alcoholism oh, and then my God. he got sent back he couldn't be a police scout anymore which was potentially keeping him on the straight and narrow yeah 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 and then no it's idea a whole what tragic else to do. story it yeah. is very much so oh but fascinating yeah very much so. What what do you take? What do you? Do you mean like do I it's believe in the Wendigo? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot to take in. But what are your thoughts? Well, on the all spooky of it? bitch inside of me is absolutely like oh a hundred percent. Yeah, the Wendigo hundred percent. Especially after that encounter, I feel like that yeah. was like too. I don't know. It just felt like it was true. Well, when you were telling the story, I was trying to compare it to like if we were told um, now, not in the eighteen hundreds, in nowadays, that somebody had done that, we'd have been like. They're evil, they're a psychopath, but there's a medical or a, um, mm. you know, behavioural... We'd, we'd put it down to that, not anything supernatural. But I do feel like First Nations people and Native people know way more about this earth than we will ever fucking 100%. know. 100%. I do believe that, and I believe there are things that we just go... Pfft, well, science can't explain it, so it can't be real. Yeah. Which is stupid, because I can't see gravity, but I know it's real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to keep an open mind about it. And, yeah, there's a part of me that thinks maybe the Wendigo is real, yeah. Mm, what about I you? I like that. Yeah. I I don't want to rule anything like that out, because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not there. I mm-hmm, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Wait, you weren't there in the 1800s? I wasn't there. I know, right? If, if I was oh, there, well, then God, you fucking right. were. <laughs> doing that first then I knew that's what was coming <laughs> <laughs> now there's a woman called Winona LaDuke who's an American economist Winona I love I know, that name it's such a good name mm. um, she's an American economist environmentalist and writer on, and she girl. has a theory about um, like what, how our economy and our, our civilization works now and she calls it um, Wendigo Economics Right. So because obviously it's all about greed and selfishness. Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. So essentially she's saying that we're all Wendigos because we all feed into the materialistic and Well, I'm trying and not to, shit. but it's very no, difficult not to in this fucking shitty world that we live in. I know. I do try. But she does have a point. That's an interesting look. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting take on things. But she looks like she comes from Native American um, background. So mm. I can understand why she's made that connection. Mm. If it's something that's that's deeply within her culture, you, you're going to put those two oh, things so together. That's so interesting, isn't it? Imagine mm. being able to bring something that's so old and ingrained in your DNA, DNA into a modern... Yeah, give it a modern, yeah. Um, I thought that was really thing. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there is a whole article. Uh, I've put it in the references oh, cool. if you want to have a read mm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Winona LaDuc. Mm. Very good. Yes. So that is the Wendigo. I found that really fascinating. I knew you'd like yeah. it. I'm so excited to tell you about it. I love a cryptid, especially if it's been on Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> and the uh, real life um, experience of that person from Reddit. And then, of course, 
the actual story. Yeah, yeah, that was fascinating. You did a really good job there. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And also my own story. Yeah, that was the best bit. That was the best Thank bit. Thank you. I feel like you put a lot of effort into that. And I, I really enjoyed writing that. Oh, so. good. Like, they're demise. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it when you were reading it. <laughs> Dramatic, Quite theatrical. Dramatic. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. I hope you liked it, guys. Thank you for listening. I love you. We love you. <laughs> now you believe it. Now you believe it. The craziest thing that you'll ever hear. Now you believe it. You believe anything after